everyone. Welcome back to the Someone to Tell To podcast. Always good to have you with us. Uh, we so much appreciate each and every one of you and our listeners as you uh, journey with us. You've been with us since the beginning, and now we're in season three. And uh, one of the things that we've been talking about with our production team is to start adding some bonus content. One of the things that we love to do is to have conversations with you, our listeners. And after most our most recent episode, we had multiple people reach out to us with a couple questions that they were curious about in response to our interview and our conversation with Kat Velos. So two of the questions that we'd like her to address, and Kat is going to send us some bonus content that we're going to add to our Patreon page. The first question is this, can friendships be seasonal? As in, can friendships serve us and others for certain seasons of our lives, but end based off of external circumstances, such as a job change or a birth of children, relocation, etc.? So we appreciated that question from one of our listeners. And then the second question, which was with another common one, what do we do about how we overcome losses when we do have friends that kind of leave us? Uh, what do we do when those occur? For example, being friends with someone for many, many years, but then the friendship kind of just ends for any number of reasons. So those are just two questions that uh, you, the listeners, reached out to us about, and we're curious to have some ongoing conversation. And so we're interested and excited to have Kat Velos come back on the program, and she's going to add some bonus content that you can find on our Patreon page. We just encourage all of you going forward, if you have any questions after hearing our interviews and our conversations, please send us a message. Uh, you could reach us at info at someone to tell it to.org, and we'd love to hear from you. It's an opportunity for us to have a conversation with you, our listeners. And so once again, thank you. You can go to our Patreon page to learn more. So today's conversation is going to be a serious one as we get a glimpse into what it's been like in the world of healthcare during COVID-19. A new study in the journal Occupational and Environmental Medicine examines the risks that essential and non-essential British workers will develop severe COVID-19. It suggests that healthcare workers are seven times more likely to develop severe cases of COVID-19 than people with non-essential roles. Although it makes sense that people who interact with COVID-19 patients are at greater risk, this is the first study to compare their risk of developing serious disease with that of other types of workers. We felt really privileged to be able to have this conversation with Dr. Krishna Nainani, who uh, practices in southeastern England in the UK. Krishna is originally from India, where, where his parents uh, reside, but he's been in the UK for, for many years both teaching students, medical students, how to be good doctors and treating patients with compassion and care. We connected with Krishna uh, because of his very empathetic and, and compassionate heart. And we liked the way, you know, just the way he, he treated patients, the way he listens to patients. And that's why we wanted to talk with him today so that you could hear from a doctor who really has a heart uh, to, to care for patients and see them 
as Hippocrates, the father of, of, of medicine, said to see them beyond the disease, beyond uh, their physical condition, but also the, as, as a whole person and um, about their, their, their mental, their spiritual, their emotional state of being, as well as their physical state. And uh, that uh, Krishna is a proponent of that is something we respect very much. And so we hope that you will enjoy this conversation with him. Krishna Nainani is a general practitioner in a busy general practice in the Southeast region of England. He has been a member of the Royal College of General Practitioners since 2011 and a training faculty at the Brighton and Sussex Medical School. Dr. Nainani teaches clinical communication and consultation skills using innovative teaching techniques. He is passionate about listening education, research, and practice. His goal is to raise awareness about the significance of clinical communication skills in clinical practice. His vision is to enhance the listening and leadership skills of healthcare professionals and support them in establishing listening intelligent healthcare units. We know you, Dr. Nanani Krishna, through the International Listening Association, which all of us are members of. And you recently led a webinar for the International mm -hmm. Listening Association about listening in healthcare mm -hmm. that had participants from around the world. We were two of those participants, and we want you to know that we absolutely loved your presentation. Mm -hmm. So we'd love for you to give a short summary of your message for that webinar a few weeks ago, if you could. Mm -hmm. You told stories, and we especially love the stories. You told stories of experiences you've had caring for patients. Mm -hmm. we, and we found those stories to be very engaging, very insightful for providing better medical care. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that um, you loved the session. Uh, firstly, uh, Michael and Tom, thank you uh, for giving me this opportunity to share uh, my experience with you. Um, I, I would like to take this opportunity to say that um, uh, how grateful I am to all the healthcare professionals across the world mm -hmm. for doing brilliant work in this mm -hmm. challenging and emotional uh, pandemic period. Um, keep Very at well it. said. I think um, that the, the my presentation uh, is uh, based on that, actually, because everybody is working so hard and it's not easy. It's very challenging. It's very emotional. Um, we all have capacity to listen and we all want to listen and do our best. However, this particular pandemic period has thrown additional challenges. I call them as listening thieves. I shared my listening thieves uh, to... Uh, so that it it will uh, encourage others to look at their thieves which are robbing their capacity to listen effectively the thieves as you heard a couple of weeks ago uh, shared was the infodemic the information overload that um, is uh, affecting our ability to listen and the the emotional toll um, the covid-19 is putting on all of us and the importance of emotional competence um, which is very important these days to listen effectively. And last point, which um, I've shared during uh, the presentation is to take care of ourselves. 
the well-being. Um, so if you are well, if unhealthy, you can listen well and you can care for the other person better. So I think um, uh, I've been working on those listening thieves and it has helped me to listen well. And similarly, you heard that uh, other people have uh, have noticed their own challenges and they they want to address them. So that's the main um, point of my uh, presentation. Yesterday, Krishna, we hit this this milestone here, particularly in the United States, of over mm-hmm. over half a million deaths. Mm. Uh, such a monumental day in so many ways. Um, just, yes. uh, such a heartfelt, uh, depressing mm. day uh, in so many ways. Mm. And Michael had mentioned just a moment ago that you did share several stories of what it was like for some mm. healthcare workers and. Maybe you could just, for our listeners today, give a kind of a snapshot of what, what it's truly been like within the walls of the medical community. Yeah. Um, you might have read it and heard it. Um, it can be summed up in one line, which is, it's like going to a war, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's, when I read that somebody describing it is, um, me going to work, it feels like going to a war. I I connected with it. You know, that's that's the amount of the emotional um, toll it is uh, having on all the healthcare professionals because A, you want to care, you want to do your best, you want to be there. B, you are also worried about risk of getting it and giving it to your loved ones. And for me, uh, I live in UK, my parents live in uh, India. So there is this additional layer of how they are and how they are coping and uh, what what would happen to them is all the time playing in your mind. So it it's, it's emotionally draining. Mm. It's emotionally draining. And despite these challenges, um, more than me, there are frontline clinicians who are working in the hospitals who are facing this emotional challenges, I think 10 times more, more than me. I think I've, one thing that is helping us to get through this is we're all working together. We're all supportive. And uh, that is brilliant as one team. And I must say like uh, public has been public, pu- public has been brilliant brilliant in adhering to uh, the rules, in uh, owning up the responsibility, in following the rules, only accessing healthcare when they need it. And it it is helping us to cope with um, work pressures. We just applaud all of the healthcare workers. Mm. Um, they've, it's been a grind. It has been a war zone for so many of them day in and day out, uh, Michael and I and our team here at Someone to Tell To, we just recently finished a contract where we were we were collaborating with a, a healthcare facility here in the United States, in, in central Pennsylvania, where we were supporting, uh, listening to their frontline workers, their nursing staff, and mm. hearing some of the stories. Uh, one just horrifying story we remember um, was a woman who, day in and day out, she was the one who had to zip up the body bags of, mm-hmm. of the, the, the folks who had died and just the the, the ramifications of, of seeing that and living in that experience, uh, how it's how, how it's going to affect her the rest of her life. And mm. um, 
Yeah. So again, just really applaud you and, and everyone else for, 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 um, for leaning in to this mm. very uncomfortable time. Mm. Yes, it is challenging. So, so we've got signs. Mm. We, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll get through it. I think we are making progress. It's nice to hear somebody like yourself put more of a positive spin on this and, and mm. provide some hope because I think we can get inundated with negative messages mm. and negativity that does not lead to, to the kind of outcomes that we're looking for. Yeah. We remember uh, we had uh, for our mm. listeners, a follow-up conversation with you prior to this, this podcast episode uh, after your, your ILA webinar and, and you had shared a story with us that you share often with your students. And I, th- I believe it's like a five minute story we thought it'd be meaningful with our listeners if you would be willing to to do the same today. Uh, did you know we spend most of our time communicating with colleagues and patients, but we are not taught what communication is and how to communicate effectively. Why, I wonder, is it because we are it, it is taken for granted that we are all naturally good communicators? Is it because we are expected to learn by observing others? Is it because we are expected to learn by ourselves? I say, and there's a lot of evidence to affirm that affirms that these are not effective ways of learning communication. My challenge, therefore, for you all is we must unlearn to learn. Let me explain why by sharing a personal story with you. This happened four years ago. We booked a family beach holiday to uh, Lanzarote. The plan was to spend a lot of time in the beach playing and swimming. However, there was one problem. Although I knew swimming, at least that's what I thought, Hmm. I haven't swum in the deep waters for many years. All the swimming had been in shallow leisure pools, hence my confidence levels were very low. As a responsible father of two kids responsible for their safety, I took a responsible action, which is I've decided to refresh my swimming before I go on holiday. So I spoke with my kids' swim teacher who said she would help me. She said, however, Krishna, I would like to observe your swimming so that I know what to recommend and commend. Fair enough, I said to myself. So we met the next day in uh, by the pool at our local leisure center. After initial niceties, she said, Krishna, show me what you got. I thought this is my chance to impress. <laughs> <laughs> so caught my goggles on, gear on, got into the pool and started swimming. 20 seconds later, I could hear her shouting, Krishna, stop, stop, stop. I stopped and I looked at her. She said, Krishna, I've seen enough. You can come out now. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Am I that good that I was able to impress her in uh, 20 seconds? Or or am I that bad? So these thoughts were floating in my mind. Uh, So I got out of the pool. She said, Krishna, I know you. Let me be direct with you. I know how important swimming is for you. 
I know why you want to hone your swimming skills. So I'm going to be very direct with you. Please, I said. Krishna, what I just saw was not swimming. It's a dysfunctional act of some sort. Looking at your actions, the way you were splashing and kicking, it felt like you're angry at water. Where do you learn how to swim? She asked. Oh, in India and growing up, watching friends swimming with them. Listen to me very carefully, Krishna. Swimming is a complex, coordinated activity of mind, breathing, and body. It needs structured training. I'll teach you. However, I want three things from you. I want you to hold on to the willingness, enthusiasm, and commitment to learn. I want you to let go of what you think you know about swimming. I want you to start with basics. I want you to learn the fundamentals like breathing, floating, arm strokes, and leg kicking. If you're ready, let's go to the kids' pool and start our lesson. The distance between the adult pool and kid pools is only 10 meters, but that's the longest distance mm-hmm. I have ever walked. It felt that way. During the walk, I had to let go of my ego. So I got into the kid's pool and we started swimming by blowing bubbles. I not only blowed bubbles, I blowed my ego and my what I thought I knew about swimming. So all went out. Six months later, she came to see me. My actions were smooth and coordinated. Krishna, I, I'm, I'm hearing wedding bells here. You're no longer angry at water. You are in love with water. <laughs> hey, I said to, to myself. So what has this got to do with what we are going to learn about communication? Like swimming, communication is a complex activity. Like swimming, it needs structured training. Like swimming, it needs mastery in fundamentals. As a responsible caring professional, responsible for the patient safety, my request for you is to take a responsible action. Can you let go of what you think you know about communication and start afresh, can you unlearn to learn? Can you start now? So at this point, I request them to write now on a paper and ask them to say it in reverse. What, 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 do you, what would you say now in reverse? W-O-N. Oh, one. So if you, because you're acting now by letting go of what you know about communication, you're already one. So that's a fantastic place to start learning. So let's the action begin. So that's how we start our learning. That's the story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. 
We, and it's absolutely correct. There are so many things that we have to unlearn about listening, about so many other things in life too. But mm-hmm. since we're talking about listening today, yes. there, there are many, many things. Um, one, one of the, one of the things is that we, that we find people struggling with the most is that when they're listening, they're supposed to be having an answer in response to what someone says. And usually an answer to fix a problem or to make something better. And one of the things that we teach about listening is that's not what listening is supposed to be about. Not, not to respond to what someone is saying and to fix their problem necessarily. It is to understand mm-hmm. their problem or to understand their situation, yeah. understand what's going on. And mm-hmm. that, that, that's, again, something to unlearn, for example. Mm-hmm. You, you find that to be the case, mm-hmm. too? Yes, I think, um, I think that's, that has got um, many layers to it, unlearn to learn. I think uh, we should always um, be prepared to unlearn the things that are no longer applicable based on new evidence or based on the context or community in which you're working. So you should have that open mind to not be afraid and have the courage to unlearn things. Because you, by, by unlearning, you're saying that uh, you're making space for new learnings. It's wonderful. We know that you're teaching students and we're, today we're students in your school, uh, learning as well. But uh, what, are, what are some important lessons that you've learned by listening well with intention and with very focused presence with your patients? Mm. I, I think when I first started uh, my career, I must say like I was in, in conflict because when you come into caring profession after years of um, training, you know, uh, you want to do your best and you come into the reality and you see that there are lots of challenges and significant one of them is the time constraints. So uh, you got to uh, see patients quickly and effectively, you know, and you, and you feel that you need more time with each patient. So I was I was in, in that conflict. I need more time, but I don't have time. And uh, if you're not careful, you can become uh, frustrated and cynical. Uh, thankfully, I think what I realized is, uh, let's flip the question. Why am I worried about wanting for more time? Uh, so I've shifted my mindset to... I have 10 minutes from, I only have 10 minutes. Uh, I'm telling you, by dropping that only has transformed the way I'm listening to patients. I have 10 minutes. So let's make it count. Mm. So hence, I've um, started to enhancing, uh, to enhance my listening um, ability. And I'm still learning. And um, uh, that is, I would say, my top one learning point. And this would be my request to uh, students who are 
the future healthcare professionals that to have the mindset the positive mindset is very important and the second learning point is it is my responsibility to be tolerant be open and be present so i call it as top attitude so in my teachings i say if you want to become a top physician or top clinician have the top attitude be tolerant be open and be present why be present because medical consultations are very fluid and very dynamic so by being present you can be observant of what is happening around you you can be responsive to the needs of the patient and the situation and by being present you can shift your roles as well you know it's not that you have to uh, be empathizer all along certain situations demand you to be problem solver as well but how well you are reading the situation how closely you are reading the situation makes the difference so by being present in these ways we can not only establish but foster and sustain uh, trusting relationships with patients but again as tom you've learned how to learn uh, new ways of running uh, being aware that uh, these will help you in the long term will make you a better better person and a better clinician how has covid changed or mm. affected the way you listen to patients and the way you might train <laughs> students to listen you know are there are there things that have that, that are just you know have necessitated a change in the way you interact I was really hoping that you won't ask a question related to covid 19 but I'm glad that uh, you 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 actually uh, brought it up because especially focusing on the second part of the question uh, how would you uh, train the future medical students or doctors what the pandemic has taught us is that um, you can't rely on one method of consultation that is face to face yes it is the best part of uh, clinical practice having that um, uh, human presence uh, is very important however it it has highlighted the the challenges of um, uh, us doctors said because we had no uh, plan b How, but thanks to information technology uh, overnight uh, we replaced face to face consultations with not literally overnight like in a, in a in a period of time with telephone consultations and e consultations and video consultations so this demands new skills for for example if i'm doing a e consultation where patients feels in all their um, problems beforehand i'm starting my consultations with summaries okay uh, so tom you filled in your e consultation this is what uh, uh, this is the summary of did i get it right so we are starting at a different level so uh, it's not about um, uh, the 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 traditional way of consultation is there but it has also Uh, taught us that we need to embrace and learn new ways of consultation 
and being empathetic on a telephone consultation and on a video consultation is very challenging mm-hmm. yet we found ways mm-hmm. on how to be empathetic and we want um, the future doctors to start learning about them how could they learn to be em- empathic um, virtually i think that's applicable not just for for doctors and nurses and physicians yeah. but for anyone in in any relationship especially yeah. virtual ones i think by giving them time and space by um by listening very closely yes you can't see them but you could hear the variations in their tone and you could reflect that back and you could hear pauses and and the emotions in the way they are narrating their problems and you can reflect that back and uh, paraphrasing has become so powerful not only paraphrasing but finding out what senses they are using if if they are talking as oh, i see then ref- reflecting back in the same sense using visual sense is very important so similarly they say like uh, if they use if they are using auditory sense predominantly in their statements paraphrasing using auditory sense is also very important um and f- having a structure the structure which we uh, teach and we follow um you know clinical practices uh, not only recognize the emotion but find out the source of that emotion and respond by linking the emotion and the source of emotion so it can be done over the telephone and the video consultation so what it shows the other person is you you are doing your best to understand the situation you're feeling and reflecting back that feeling is very helpful hmm. those are some really helpful suggestions thank you yeah um hippocrates we, yeah we assume you know him <laughs> uh, he's the greek the greek physician from the 4th and yeah. 5th centuries bce who traditionally is regarded as the father of medicine yeah. had several quotes many quotes attributed to him and and one of them is this one and we uh want to want to share it he he supposedly wrote or said it is more important to know the person who has the yeah. disease than the disease yeah. the person has yes do you agree with that and yes. why yeah. uh, it sounds like you do <laughs> so yeah. why do yeah. you agree with that what what does that yes. statement no, no, no mean to you no no wonder people call him father you know yeah. uh, especially so that's a beautiful thing it's a beauty i think the what i would say is uh, for the last year from connecting with medical students one thing that came time and again is we are struggling to take histories or connect with the patient however when a professor comes they're opening up really well to him how can we achieve that so i think my answer to them has been reverse the history taking so get to know the person first don't ask straight away uh, what's your name where are you and what brings you here so 
by the time they might have told that story number of times so you come and ask that story again so there it's it it feels that you're only interested in their problem not as a person however if you have a conversation with them for a minute or two forgetting about um, the medical problems I, i'm curious to know about you as a person mm. tell me about your journey you know if they are 50 years old it's important to know their story up until that point who you who are you you know what is your occupation i love that kids, you... i'm just going to interject yeah. real quick just love that phrase tell me your journey yeah yeah very, very important once you know who they are their context then you can place the problem in the context then the meaning becomes very clear you know so the students who have tried or trying by getting to know the person first they they've sent me messages that they are now able to connect with uh, them better so i think any day i would say get to know the person first get to know the person first put the problem in the context mm. without that the meaning is incomplete Hi, I'm Sharon and I'm Pensy. We are volunteers at Wonders Found Thrift Shop and proud sponsors of the Someone to Tell It To podcasts. Wonders Found is a totally volunteer-run thrift shop begun to support our mission team as they rebuild homes in disaster areas. We also support local missions and people experiencing homelessness, veterans, and children and youth outreaches. We provide clothing and household items to families displaced by fire or flood. You can learn more at our website, mountcalvaryumc.org/wondersfound, or stop in to see what wonders you will find at 7810 Allentown Boulevard. God bless. Cure rarely, cure, comfort cure rarely. mostly, and console okay. always. Yep. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm thankful that you 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 saved all these beautiful quotes for me to comment upon. Mm-hmm. I think um, I would like to share um, my perspective on doctor-patient relationship. I want to divide um, the eras into four. You know, pre-scientific, scientific, technological, and the one which we want to move into so in the pre scientific era i'm sure you know the focus was mostly on the care element because the treatment options were very limited and the life expectancy of people was also limited but people didn't i'm assuming that people didn't care much because the healthcare professionals of that era they cared you might have seen uh, several portraits where doctor sitting by the bed of the patient of a dying patient although he wants he he wants to uh, do more his options were limited so the care uh, was the top priority 
and the cure element was less then came the scientific era the advances in the science means that the treatment options have gone up so the care element start to come down and the cure element start to go up and public people loved it because they started to live longer and happier mm. no longer in pain that's brilliant then came i think this is my personal view information technology which means siri i've got cough fever and i'm not feeling well what do you think i've got or web web md is the other one that everybody utilizes right yes. yeah it, it it will tell you oh you may want to see the doctor oh it sounds like you have chest infection you know so the information technology means that everybody is has got access to knowledge so people start to googling up i think yes fair enough they they want to know more about their condition what it did to doctor patient relationship is that the care element has gone down further and the cure element has gone up and the people are not liking it because we are speaking mechanically we are more robotic when i say uh, not everybody but that's that's the research this is when the research is showing that um, patients are not feeling that they are heard and understood they are not listened to i'm sure you heard that uh, and read about this research so we we are moving into a different era if i want to put you on the spot and say what shall we call this era that where we want to balance care and cure so we moved from care to care and cure being um, almost on an equal basis the cure being the dominant phase now and we are not liking it nobody likes it because they are not listened to and we want to move into a different era what would you call that era as like any name and i think we're probably in this analytic super analytical age to get more um balance to that find that equilibrium yeah i don't know i i don't know if i could think of a, a good term other than yeah. getting back to your point earlier of we use this phrase often how do you make the person in front of you feel as if they're the most important person in your life at that moment yes. so whether it's virtual it's over the phone it, mm. it it's face to face it doesn't matter yes. like that person right now krishna you're the most important person in michael yes. and i's life uh, in this moment so uh, i i think i um, i want to call it as um, era of humanity mm. well that's that's a great that's a great term yep. that's that's really um, so what that's it what is. we want to we want to embrace the technology yes we want technology we need it because it has got several advantages like we are seeing now in this pandemic area however we should not we should really bring back that humane element mm. so this this is the this is the equation which uh, uh, i give my students clinician equals human first then professional so clinician equals human plus professional so always always remember that you know i think once we remember that the rest is easy let me uh, bring bring things full circle here to to our our kind of our main t- 
topic of discussion in this in this conversation. I'm actually going to put all of us on the spot with this last question, uh, and I'll I'll kick things off. But what are what are each of us unlearning to learn in our lives right now? It could be personally, professionally. Um, I, I'll f- kick things off. I know one thing that I'm unlearning this year and being trying trying to be more intentional about it is just kind of mental clutter. That sometimes that can kind of creep in, especially this season of the year uh, where winter kind of it's it, it's it's just long in central Pennsylvania, and mm-hmm. and you know you can you can carry all kinds of clutter that just really takes up space in your mind and your heart, and and uh, really dictates how you how you live out your day. And so just trying to remain more positive and thankful. Uh, things like that. So that's one thing I'm intentionally trying to unlearn to learn this year. The word might not sound like it relates to Tom's, but uh, my word for this year is joy. And we talk a lot about joy in in, in our writing and, and speaking. The joy isn't, you know, a feeling of happiness because something good happened to you, to us, but it's a feeling of, of maybe peace, contentment, gratitude, even it's no matter what happens, that it's, that it's, that it's taking life as it comes with all of its uh, sometimes disappointments and messiness and (laughs) challenges and still being able to be grateful or to find, (laughs) find things to celebrate and to find, you know, many moments uh, where where we realize that despite the things that don't go the way exactly the way we'd like them to, the life mm-hmm. can still be good. And mm-hmm. it so it, it is it is that in the relationship to clutter, I think is that it's releasing and letting go and getting rid of all the clutter in our again, as Tom said, in our minds mm-hmm. and in our attitudes that that keep us from being grateful and enjoying life and finding finding the goodness and the positivity in it as you talked about positivity before so i think to unlearn the the tendency to hang on to the disappointments and the schedule uh and in fact just even before this this podcast today i had to unlearn the schedule (laughs) that i had uh (laughs) that i had made for myself for the day because not everything, not not everything was going the way I would I wanted it to, and it's to say, okay, you know, I can't control that, and mm-hmm. I will still find goodness in the midst of it. So, mm-hmm. so for me, that that's an unput, an, an important unlearning, and then re, and then learning again how to be grateful and find joy in the midst of it all. Yeah. Okay. Thank. You. Thank you for both of you for giving that extra time for me to think. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. We've done you, enough of these you're, to, to, exactly, to know how that works. You're, very, you're a very kind host. I don't mm-hmm. mind coming back again. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the first thing that popped into my, my mind when you said was, oh, listen to your wife more, you know, listen to my wife more. Uh, <laughs> Um, <clears throat> however, I think I'm, I'm, I'm actively unlearning to change my listening responses. I want to say less of, I know, I understand. I want to, eventually I want to delete them from my listening responses mm. and replace them with, um, as Graham Bodhi would say, I'm, I'm listening. So 
I would uh, that's I want to bring that back into my consultations more I'm listening and the the word that has helped me through the pandemic is called aplomb a p l o m b it's great composure under strain so it's it's in front of me on my desk well krishna this has been a joy uh thank you for for spending some time amidst the pandemic to be with us and be with our listeners and and to teach us uh how to how to unlearn to learn because we we know that's uh that as you mentioned earlier that's an ongoing journey for all of us yes so i think um at at team rambo we say that um, i will you know that this is the last thing which i would like to share if that's okay sure. i think we started a campaign the campaign to rebuild the trust between doctors and patients um the i will is an is an acronym that stands for intention i'll be present with an intention to pay attention W stands for I'm going to welcome patients to share their stories irrespective of their age, educational status, race, religion and creed. I'm going to I'm going to introduce myself by stating my name, role and purpose. I'm going to listen to understand rather than to reply and I'm going to speak in a simple and clear language. That's I will. So that's the campaign uh, to enhance the doctor patient relationships. Well, that is a campaign we can get behind. Absolutely. And, uh, yes. Appreciate it yeah, tremendously. That would be wonderful. So, Krishna, again, thank you. Uh, we, we just enjoy talking with you. We find this time to be very special. And we're grateful that, that we were able to have this conversation today. And, and that technology allowed us to do that. Yes. From uh, 3,000 yeah. 3, miles apart. And, yes. um, and five time zones. So, uh, we're, uh, we're, yes. we're so grateful that we could do this. So, <laughs> Pleasure. Yeah. Pleasure. Yeah. So thank Pleasure. you very much. We thoroughly enjoyed our conversation with Krishna. We could have kept talking to him and with him and sharing uh, for a couple of hours more. Um, but we're grateful that you listened to, to, to this conversation today. We hope you learned a lot from it. And we're, we're very grateful for you always, for your support, for your listening ears, and for um, believing in what Someone to Tell It To is all about. And we invite you to, to go to Patreon. We, we hope that you will support us financially so that we can continue these podcasts and continue reaching out to people from across the United States and around the world who have some very fascinating and relevant things to say about the state of our world and how listening impacts it. And just another reminder, please do send us your questions through info at someone to tell it to.org. We're, we're just loving the opportunity to interact with you as we did uh, in our most recent conversation with Kat Velos. We were able to take some of your, your uh, very serious conversation, conversation starters and questions and, and respond to those. And so you'll, you'll find those responses on our Patreon page. Something else that we just encourage you to do, and it would mean a lot to us, and I know we do it all the time, is as we've mentioned previously, we are huge podcast junkies. We have our certain go-to podcasts that we listen to uh, each and every week. And 
it's just really helpful to share those those interviews and those conversations with other people. If you could just think of five friends who would appreciate our interviews and our conversations, please do share these episodes with with uh, with those in your network. So thanks for joining us again today. Until we listen again. <laughs>